0: <تضحaru> <تضحaru> إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شهور أكسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلنتجر له المرشدة وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله بلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح الامه وكشف الغمه وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله على اله وصحبه اجمعين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وانظر نفس لم تقدم لغضوا واتقوا الله ان الله خبير بما تعملون ان ربنا الله بالنفس ذا الجلوس ذا المرحوم I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship and adoration, praise and bowing and prostration except Allah, the Creator and Sustainer of the heavens and the earth. And I bear witness that Prophet Muhammad is his final message. I begin uh, before uh, the sermon by sharing uh, sad news about the passing of um, a well known Imam in the area, Imam Irfan Kabiruddin was the former Imam of the ISB community in Baltimore. He was only 45 years of age, just passed away. Janaz uh, is in Colombia, as we speak, right after Jumma'ah. But Azalla to surround his soul with his mercy and to place him in, inshallah in the highest ranks of the righteous. And it's an incredible thing to think of someone who has done so much for the community, passing away at such a young age, and just speaks of the reality of this life that it's, you know, subhanAllah a very temporal Fleeting, and in a second, we'll depart, all of us. And just as we're praying for him today, we shall come to a moment when we hope for others to pray for us, and we're going to depart as well. We ask again Allah that He strengthens His family, inshallah, that He reminds us also of our demise, physical demise, and the journey back to Allah. And if you were to summarize this young man's life and all of our lives, what does it come down to? It does come down to faith one word that describes the journey mm. and can we imagine the importance of that concept that belief in the heart about the one from whom we come and the one from whom we return isn't that the challenge of our lives for Allah states in the Qur'an وَمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ وَلَوْ حَرَصْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ he states definitively saying and most people even if you don't wish that he's telling to the Telling the Prophet Sallallahu most creation, most human beings, excuse me, will not believe. Majority of human beings throughout the ages will not believe in Allah جل, even if you're keen on it. And this was the message for Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and how often have we reflected on the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu who spoke of the difficulty of maintaining faith. It's not just about acknowledging Allah's existence. It's about adoring and worshiping Allah about seeing Him worthy of our efforts and time and that He is the one to turn to in our lives. Many people have adopted nominal relationships with God. Yeah, He exists, but we could care less about Him. Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu stated that there shall come a time when holding on to our faith. That one central reality and truth in our lives is like holding on to a hot cold. You would drop it in a, overnight. It is him وسلم, who spoke of someone going to bed at night as a believer and rising up in the morning as a kafir. And, and and vice versa, going to bed as a kafir and rising up as a believer. This is indeed a reflection of our reality right now. And we and I often share with you the, the importance of reflecting on all of this and asking ourselves as a community: are we equipped to deal with these difficult challenges? Especially as it pertains to our youth, teenage Muslims, who are now living in a far harsher reality than all of us when we grow up. They find themselves indeed navigating educational settings, classrooms, university spaces, that really challenge the existence of God and the notion of believing in the immaterial reality, in a spiritual realm. They find themselves really dealing with pressures and attacks that promote the hatred of God, that dismiss His presence, that not only challenges existence and say that it's at odds with all rational thinking, but also promotes the idea that even if you believe in Him, He's irrelevant. You do need it. And many, I guarantee you brothers and sisters, many young people are finding themselves Carrying those doubts, because all you need is to plant the seed in people's heads. And if they're bombarded by it night and day, they're left with those doubts, theological, philosophical, spiritual. And now they have to grapple with them. So many young people are finding themselves asking the question, how do I even know God exists? Hasn't science already explained everything? Because that's what they're learning in the classroom, that science has explained everything without God. We can now show you how the cell grows, and evolves, and multiplies. We can show you, describe to you how the cosmos have evolved from a singularity. You see here it is, the sun in front of your eyes, multiplying and growing. Where is God? What's the empirical evidence, the physical evidence, that shows that God exists? And believe me, believe me, when young people are surrounded by these thoughts night and day, and it's pushed down their throats, and they don't have the equipment to deal with them, it leaves them with serious doubts. Many are asking, sure, I believe in God, but why do I need Him? What is it that I can get out of religion and out of Islam, that I cannot get somewhere else? I'm not finding fulfillment in it. So the question is not just about the validity, the the, the evident signs of God's existence, of Allah's existence, but that Is he worthy enough of our adoration? Is he the source of our fulfillment? Is he deserving of our attention? Many young people are facing these challenges. The question that I have for you and me is, as parents, as caretakers of our communities who live in this era, in these times, are we equipping ourselves as parents, as teachers, to know how to help the minds of our young people? the child that is growing up that when they start to navigate these questions we have answers for them and for their intellects for their intellects so that we can have trained intellects that know how to tackle these questions when they come up and indeed indeed you know many muslims dismiss these issues downplay them they think no 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 no. you see these are kuffar this is just a bunch of kuffar evolution is is a mess it's all false it's all wrong, and, 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 and it's as simple as that, and these people just need to believe. Young people just need to believe. And believe me, every single time that young people or older people hear these canned answers that make no sense, you know what? They get further and further away from faith. They start to actually you know, feel that indeed the case against religion and God is stronger, because they're not having rational, hearing rational, convincing answers. I'm here to share with you today, as I promised you before, that I would love for all of us here as parents to learn how to navigate these questions with our children. And if it's not our children, then the children of other parents, our friends, that young man or woman who's struggling in college, when they come up with these questions, and I pray to Allah that they feel the trust with all of us, that they would ask us the question, that we don't yell at them, but that we walk them and their intellects to equip that intellect to know how to break down these questions because the answers are not complicated. But we cannot say, it's not real. It's not there and it's obvious. No, it isn't necessarily obvious to a human being. Otherwise, why would Allah spend the majority of the Qur'an speaking to our intellects and saying, فَعْلَمْ and la ilaha illahu"? Know that there is no God but Allah. He says, no. You know what he's saying? use your intellect that I gave you to rationally think about Allah and that He is indeed deserving of our attention and worship. Indeed deserving of our attention and worship. So what is the Qur'an methodology? Open the Qur'an and you'll see how Allah addressed these perennial questions, fundamental questions. We need to go back to these root causes of these issues but also equip the mind and the soul To know how to navigate these spaces so that they're immune. Indeed, when they confront these doubts. The methodology of the Quran is very beautiful. It speaks to two elements within our identity. Within our makeup. It speaks to al-basar and al-basira. What is basar? Vision. And that correlates to intellect. Allah speaks to the intellect. And speaks of the ulul al baab The people of the intellect constantly inviting them to think. Think, think. What do we do? We crush thinking. We promote the idea that thinking is unhealthy. That you, all you need to do is just believe. That's not what Allah says in the Quran. He says, employ your intellect and when your heart is open, I shall grant you certainty. He speaks to the intellect, inviting the intellect to reflect upon the signs of Allah. And he speaks to the basira. The basira is the heart. The is the heart. You know what he's giving us? He's giving us an educational system. You and I as parents, as communities, as a masjid, as a school, need to address our children in the same way. Speak into their hearts and speak into their minds. Allah Azza wa Jal provides the answers in the Quran beautifully and I'm going to share with you one verse today. One verse in the Quran in which Allah Azza wa Jal addresses even this question of his existence. Again, the question is, If it is not important, and if it's that obvious to everybody, and it is really evident, why would Allah bring it up in the Qur'an? Because it is important to know how to ask the question, and that when someone raises that question with you and me as a parent, we know how to actually help them think about it. So I ask you today, if your child, if your teenager child comes up to you and says, Baba, mama, tell me, how do I know that God exists? Because I don't see God in the physics equation. I can't prove him empirically. What would you say? I'm asking you. I know that most parents are stumped by this question. And they become actually emotional. I remember when my child asked me that question, I got worked up a little bit. Even though I deal Mm -hmm. with this question all the time with young people. But suddenly, what was someone, my own, I had difficulty. When I was asked by my child, how do I know that Islam is the truth, I was also stumped. And I realized I had to go back and relearn it to know how to break down these questions and anchor my child, build their core. It is not easy. Prophet Muhammad says, it's like a hot coal, But it demands that you understand your tradition. And I'm here to share with you that we have an entire scholarship, scholarly tradition in Islam called Radd shubuhat Refutation. Of the obfuscation of atheists a whole tradition of our scholars philosophy islamic philosophy rational thinking methodology on how to address atheist arguments absolutely many of us have dismissed this many of us don't learn it and i'm not saying that you and i have to go read all this literature and all these manuscripts no but at least pay attention to the argument of the quran upon which our scholars, from Al-Ghazali to Al-Farabi to Ibn Sina, took they took it and built upon it an entire edifice of proofs based on one verse in the Quran. What does this verse in the Quran say to address, for you and me, the question of how do I know Allah exists? Allah says it's very simple and logical. He says, <laughs> Subhanahu wa Taala, من غير شيء أم هم أَمْ خَلَقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ بَلْ لَا What a beautiful verse. Two verses. He says, look at this question, rhetorical question. Allah asks the mind, your mind and my mind. When someone comes up to you, say this to them. Were they created from nothing? one, from, from nothing? Or are they the creators? Did they create the heavens? Nay, they are in uncertainty. Wow. Two verses, few words, our scholars throughout the ages took this and built upon it a whole edifice, a whole, a whole field of knowledge to refute the arguments of the atheists. And in fact, in philosophy, we have a whole thing called the cosmological argument on causality, cause and effect, built upon this verse. SubhanAllah, that our other traditions, scholarly traditions, philosophies, have actually taken from islam as far as this subject is concerned this is our rich tradition that we have dismissed and let go not understand it we need it more than ever what happens if we pay attention to these verses what can we extract from them our scholars extracted four conclusions from this they said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presented for us four options in these two verses that can explain Four possibilities, four options for explaining how something that begins can be created. Something that begins, something that has a beginning. What does that mean? You and I have beginnings, we know it. We came from a seed, and uh, a sperm, and an egg. The cosmos, it's acknowledged now scientifically, it's expanding. So once upon a time it was a point, a singular tiny point that you cannot even see in a microscope. Everyone recognizes scientifically we had to start at some point. We're not eternal. We had a beginning, right? Allah says in this verse everything that has a beginning must have something that made it. So he's asking did you come from nothing? So the scholar said option number one logically from what Allah states is that option one Whatever began had to come from nothing And Allah's asking does this make sense to your intellect? Think about it. Nothing. If you have nothing, can you produce something out of it? Now, this might be like intuitive to many of us, but for some of us, we might be stunned by this. It's very simple. If you bring nothing and you add 12 pounds of nothing to it, then you sprinkle additional nothings on it. What do you have? Nothing. nothing. See how simple it is? I swear to you, when you talk to a child like this, they'll get it. And by the way, the child instinctively believes in Allah. But they need to now face this challenge that when they're in their classroom in middle school, Allah. they have to know how to answer this question in their intellects. Otherwise, I swear to you, last summer, I dealt with a 12-year-old in Europe. 12-year-old who turned into an atheist because of one individual in the family. Who was an atheist, and he went and talked to him, and this 12-year-old is an atheist because of it. One conversation. He doesn't know any better. He needs someone to help him think, break these things down. Now I ask you a question about nothing. You know, if I were to tell you yesterday, I ate nothing, and it was real delicious. What do you say? I'm cuckoo, right? Guess what? I meant nothing, and he was really mean to me. Even a child would laugh at you. Allah says, were you created from nothing? So nothing, no energy, nothing, and suddenly pops out something called a self. So no matter how much we want to even talk about evolution, and as I tell you, as Muslims, we shouldn't have a problem with evolution. It's an incomplete work. It's a work in progress. There's a lot of gaps in it, but let it be. Still, it can explain how human species evolved. All species evolved, but it still cannot answer the question, where did the original cell come from? And Allah answers it in this verse. Did it come from nothing? Clearly it's absurd to think that the cosmos and the human being came from nothing. Imagine if you break it down to somebody like that. How are they gonna say? It? It's like, yeah, there gotta be a cause. So option number two in the verse. Did they create it then? So if it came from nothing, it didn't come from nothing, there's gotta be someone that caused it to begin, that made the original cell of the human being. Or of the cosmos. He's saying, Did you do it? Did you make yourself? So option number two is, we created ourselves. I ask you again, does this make sense to our intuition, to our logic? Absolutely not. Can you exist and not exist at the same time? Illogical. And yet some people entertain these crazy ideas because they're not thinking deep enough and no one is helping them think about it. The greatest uh, example to illustrate this, um, as one of the teachers said, he says, can your mother give birth to herself? Can she? She can't. This is exactly analogous to saying someone can create themselves. Allah's asking it Am khuliqo min shayin? Am humul khaliqoon? Did they make it? So clearly, option number two is not possible. It's absurd that the human being created themselves or that the universe created itself. What's option number three then? Option number three is that what began was created by something else that was created something else like it so a human being was made by another species called human beings that also themselves were created, or the universe came from another universe and believe me in science you'll see these possibilities theories that have no foundation and i swear to you i swear, sat with, down with young people who adopt these ideas even though there's no foundation to them you know how you can answer them. According to Allah Az ask very simple question. Very logical question with simple example. you can break it down according to this argument. How do you break it down? You say, well, if this universe is universe number one, and it was made by universe number two, a universe number two was started, started sometime. So it had a beginning. so what what comes before it? Another universe, call it number three. And universe number three started at some point, so before it is what universe number four. Cool. In the universe number five is behind number four, and then universe number six. How far do you go back? Best example to illustrate it. I want to go open the imam's office. I don't have the key. I don't have the permission. I gotta get permission according to the rules of ICCP from Rial. So Rial says, I need permission from the and Roman says, I need permission from Brother Muhsin. And Brother Muhsin needs permission from Shahidul Zaman. And Shahidul Zaman needs permission from Shabiz, And Shabiz needs permission from Fatima. And we all know we need permission from Sister Zamruda, of course. <laughs> right? But even Sister Zamruda, even though she's in charge, she says, mm, I need permission from such and such. And such and such. And imagine now if the list is a thousand but not thousand, two thousand. What if it's a million? What if it's infinite? I'm waiting at the door, would I get the key? No. It's infinite. No, you'll never get the key. So if there's infinite causes for this human being and universe that all of which are caused, created, you'll never even get you. You'll never exist because it'll never get to you. You know this simple argument? Our scholars presented it in what's called the Kalam argument. Wow, and it's founded in the Qur'an. For those of us who dismiss this, I ask the question, why did Allah put it in the Qur'an? To educate the man of 1400 years ago, and the parent of today to say, sit down and think about it, and don't say, I just accept it. No, think about it. Because the more you acknowledge it, the more that you come to really have certainty about Allah. That not one question would rattle you. What's possibility number four? Option number four, what are we left with? We're left with that something that started, that began, had to be made by something uncreated. It had no beginning. That's the most rational explanation. Because it doesn't need something else. It is eternal. And that's indeed the most logical way to explain how something that started at a point in its existence came into existence. Otherwise, we're left with You came out of nothing which is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Nowadays, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with many revelations in science that say, hey, listen, we can clone embryos. We can clone cells. We can regenerate skin. We can give you artificial organs. We can go into the lab and take a cell and grow it. We can potentially grow a human being. You know when young children, middle schoolers and high schoolers and college students are hearing these things and they're in the lab and they're witnessing the evidence of the science, you know what they end up believing? Wow, where is God in all of this? Because that's what is being shoved down their throats is that we don't need God. We don't need God. But you know what they're missing? One anchor point. I swear to you, when I hear these questions, I say, it's okay. All of it is good. Allah never told us that there is no creative process. He created complexity. But I ask you one question, and I challenge you to do the same. I raised this question with many scientists who believe in Allah. Newton believed in Allah, in God Almighty, right? Some of the most astounding scientists throughout the ages have believed in God. Our children don't hear this. They hear the examples of the scientists and the philosophers (laughs) that didn't believe in God. But they didn't hear of the others that gained more faith by studying even science and observing this universe. I asked one, one of the scientists in this community who deals with genetics, he said it's all lies. To this day, no one can create a cell in a lab. No one can create DNA in a lab. They can manipulate DNA. They can manipulate genes. But to this day, no one can ever claim that they can go into a laboratory and create one simple cell. And if I were to share with you the complexity of a cell and the improbability of it coming together on its own, here's an example for you and me that we need to also share with our children as an analogy to help them understand because they're stumped by this jargon, by these complicated terms that throw them off because they don't have the foundation. Their tra- the intellects and hearts are not trained to know how to navigate it. They're making us believe demanding of us to believe that we can take something like a cell and out of that create something as complex as a human being that we can take a singularity that had all the cosmos and it blew up and it introduced all this beautiful order the sun and the moon the earth that rotates around itself and the oxygen and the water that sustains our lives and the complicated dna that instructs the cell to become you and I uniquely, right? All this complexity, all these stars, all these planets that live or coexist so symmetrically, so beautifully, you know, they're demanding of us to believe that this came out of what's called randomness. They literally say it's probability. And they exploit the ignorance of people. One of the scientists say, you know what's the example of that is like saying this, he's saying, if I were to tell you a tornado shot up, tornado shot up, right? And there were there was rubble here outside of ICCP, bunch of trees, broken down trees, with leaves and broken up wood, and, and he said this tornado hit the the hit that field and constructed ICCP out of that rubble. What would you say? You say you are nuts. Tornadoes don't create something, a structure, out of rubble. It's exactly what they're asking us to believe when they say that all this beauty and complexity in this universe and the complex human body came out of just one thing by itself. You know, Abu Hanifa, Imam Abu Hanifa also had to deal with this question. Ahmad ibn Hanbal had to deal with this question. Imam Shafi had to deal with these questions, right? Al Ghazali had to deal with these questions and they addressed them. Somebody challenged him to an argument. Atheist. He says, Abu Hanifa, right? Come and meet me. We're going to talk about the existence of God. He says, sure. Okay. Abu Hanifa intentionally delayed showing up. Delayed showing up. And this man was waiting and waiting. And Abu Hanifa wasn't there. Abu Hanifa showed up late. And when he showed up to the meeting, he says, where were you? He says, well, I just got held up. He says, what happened? He says, well, I was on my way here and there was a river. But I couldn't cross the river, so I waited. And suddenly a tree fell down, and the wood in that tree assembled itself into a boat. So I got on the boat, and I got to the other side, and I got you. He says, are you crazy? He says, you're saying this is insane, right? And he's like, yeah, that is insane. He said, isn't it more insane to believe that the cosmos, which are far more complicated, you, more complicated than a boat, came out of pieces that randomly hit each other, I rest my case, rest my case, you see how our scholars took that one verse, provided simple examples for both the simple mind and the, and the sophisticated mind to understand, then we said, then why do, still, do people still not believe, stubbornness, because there's a veil, there's a veil, most human beings, on brothers and sisters would love to believe if they're helped. And I'm here to share with you this today because I tell you, as parents again, we don't have the tools to know how to navigate these conversations with our question, with, with our children, but not just our own. Others who are struggling with these questions. And I tell you, it is more pertinent than ever. We ask Allah to guide us, to guide our hearts and minds, and to guide our children to faith. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, al Sayyidina wa Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala wa Indeed, the, the environment we find ourselves in and our children find themselves in is not easy. And when we're facing difficulty, we need to raise our levels, our responses. We need to adopt methodologies that, that we can find within our tradition and build upon them to have sophisticated answers. For these challenged intellects that's what Allah demands of us we cannot adopt canned answers for this day and age we need to study more learn more and really support the efforts to go and support the development of our children brothers and sisters because there is nothing worse than the loss of faith is there what will we do to again restore the faith of one child isn't the effort of ICCB all about restoring faith and healing hearts and souls and minds so we can know how to navigate these difficult times and the strong winds that afflict us and the aggressive attacks on God and on faith and on religion? I shared with you one argument today, and the arguments are numerous. And I, inshallah, I share with you, inshallah, at least my intention, that I plan to share with you as much as I can on on knowing how to answer these fundamental questions. I shared with you one argument from the Quran today. In future sermons, I'll share with you other arguments that Allah presents in the Quran that you and I as parents need to understand. So that when we're having having these conversations, we know what examples to use. What questions to raise. So we can perhaps, inshallah, with the help of Allah, help one child come to faith. And maybe it's our own children that need it, right? But if we don't learn these things, we are in real serious trouble. And believe me, when you look at the number... Of Muslims that have left Islam because of not having answers, you would cry, you would cry. It's not just about learning about Allah's existence, it's also about learning what are the qualities of Allah. Isn't Allah Azza who dedicated a whole ayah, Ayatul Kursi to educate us about who He is? So we can learn and grow in love and adoration of Him and His magnificence. Why is He talking of Himself as such? As al Al Qayyum, as Al-Alim. To make us understand, He is oh, yeah. transcendent, He's perfect, He's absolute, and He deserves your and my time and attention. Our children not only learn need to learn how to prove to themselves that Allah is real, but that Allah perfect. Allah deserves their attention and time, so that they can inshallah turn to Him and not be distracted away from Allah Azza wa Jal. These are fundamental questions, my dear brothers and sisters. Let me wrap up with this from the Qur'an. Allah illustrates to us the power of these arguments through the example of one man in Surah Yasin. And we, we cover this in another khutbah. That simple man who heard the message of Islam and believed. One man. These prophets were sent to a town and no one believed except one man they didn't see. And what did this man do? He raced to the town. Because for him it was hard to see his community not believing. He was in pain. And then he showed up he said, why wow, wouldn't you believe? And they're like, we'll beat you up. We'll kill you if you don't stop. Here's what he said to them. I said, subhanAllah. This is a supposedly an unsophisticated man. When he convinced himself I need to believe in God, what did he tell his people? Pay attention. He used the same argument for himself and he was hoping they would listen. He said, Why would I wouldn't I worship the one who originated me? And to him I return. Originated me, started me from what? Nothing. Even that man from thousands of years ago understood that something cannot come out of nothing. There's got to be a hand, ultimate hand that made me. And if I can see that that hand made me, grew me, sustained me, fed me, it's not an accident, right? How would I not worship him? One verse. SubhanAllah. This man... Express his understanding, and when he was confronting doubts, he brought himself back to one anchor, one anchor. So I conclude with this. When you're dealing with a question, brothers and sisters, of the existence of God, no matter who you deal with, bring it back to one anchor question. Where did it come from? Could life have come out of scratch? It is impossible. And believe me, if the heart is open, they have no other way to not believe that this is the ultimate truth. That this is the only logical way to explain this existence. And inshallah in future sessions we'll get into other questions such as why Islam? Why believe in Islam? How, why is Islam the truth? What about Prophet Muhammad? Sallallahu what about things that we find in the Quran, how do we address them when we're not understanding them? We need the answers so that we can communicate them inshallah to others around us, including our children when they are struggling. But ultimately, we need to raise our hands and ask Allah to guide their hearts, because there is nothing more important. Oh Allah, we ask You. Allah, we beseech You. Allah, You are the most merciful. You are the most beneficent. That You guide us to the straight path, Ya Allah, and fortify our hearts, Ya Allah, with iman and belief in You that you are the one from whom we come and to whom we return. We ask Allah that you fortify the faith in the hearts of our children, that you make them, ya Allah, adore you and worship you as the only one deserving of their worship and their time and their effort, ya Allah. For them to see that you are the one from whom they come and to whom they return, ya Allah, and to make them Muslim and die as Muslim, ya Allah. We ask Allah that you join us with Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallam, in Jinnath al-Firdaus. Allahum, afeel lana, wa arhamna, wa aafu anna, wa tawalla amrana, wa aahsin khalasana. Allahum, alinna haqqa haqqa, wa arzukna atiba'a, wa inna al-bātila bātila, wa arzukna ajtida'bah, wa adkhina bi-rahmatika fi ibadika as-salihin. Wa salli lahum ala seyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in, wa ala alihi wa Come on, come on. the